Are we ready for some heavy metal? Heavy metal in Welcome to episode 42, I think now. 41. I think it's 42. 42, yeah. Episode 42. Jackie Rob. We should have done a baseball talk. Yes. What the fuck were we thinking? Could have done Douglas Adams talk too. Who's that? What are you talking about? 42? It's like the answer to the universe. Yeah, Jackie Robinson, bro. That's oh, the answer to <laughs> the universe. We also could I have done a, uh, a like Bill, was Bill Clinton, 42. He's probably not 42 years old. No, 42nd president. Trump's 45. Yeah, Ob- he's probably had. Obama would be 44. He's probably had George sex w with 42. 43, yeah. Clinton, 42. 42 other women other than Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay, so one thing I have to... You know, this is completely unrelated to uh, the doc we did. Because uh, the first minute of this was totally related. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, completely unrelated to the doc we were, we were talking about this week. Yeah. But so we've talked before about uh, the wild and wonderful West of, or whites of West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I subscribed to uh, the documentary subreddit on Reddit. Yes. And I was just going through and uh, I see this one. There's a... Doc, it's a short doc, I think it's yeah. half an hour, Yeah, called Dancing Outlaw. Uh, it's about his dad. No, it's oh. about him. It's about Jesco. Oh, it's about Jesse? Jesco, yeah. Oh, Jesco, yeah. Yeah, Jesco White. But, yeah, okay. So I started watching it just because, like, I think because the title on, this, uh, on the Reddit post was, like, Gas Huffing, yeah. uh, Gas yeah. Huffing Tap Dancer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was like, what the hell? I need to watch that. So yeah. I started watching it, and he starts talking, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is... This is that guy, but this was made in like '95. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was way before. Uh, yeah, he's been crazy from day one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's old school Vice shit oh. where they interview him, and yeah. the, one of the questions that is like, "What the fuck?" He's like talking, or they're like, "Throughout history, who would you want to hang out with?" And he's like, "Something about how Hitler seemed like a cool guy, and he like might want to hang out with Hitler." <laughs> wow. and they're like, "What the fuck?" Just because you hear his name all the time, buddy, doesn't mean he's a cool yeah, guy. They're like, yeah. I don't feel like he gets stuff done. Like, oh Jesus, wow, yeah, that's no, a weird I choice. Just thought oh, yeah, that's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Man, so this family's had a lot of like media coverage. They're famous, bro. Oh. Yeah, I mean, for like yeah, a couple of different reasons, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's weird. You'd yeah. be so affected by that, I think. Like, clearly these people are, because they just keep getting crazier. Yeah. But, man, yeah, like, I would not have guessed that this small family in West Virginia? Yeah. yeah. Like, they've been on TV multiple times. But their they've dad a movie. would, like, revolutionized tap dancing. Oh, and then there's that. And then oh, this yeah. guy is, like, he was, like, his dad's prodigy. Mm. So he was super good at tap dancing, but then he's, like, when I don't slap my feet together I sniff alcohol and <laughs> yeah. do every drug known Real to high man one of these the, the, the best stuff. part like it's just like he's sitting on his front porch like like a basically the door of the trailer and he's talking to the stoop life yeah, the he's stooping I fucking love that. And he starts talking and then he gets up and he just starts like tap dancing down the road and he like dances over this like wooden bridge. Is there any music playing in the back? He just starts I, dancing. I think so. No, I, uh, it's all in his head. For yeah. moment, like he was singing along to a song. And just tap dancing, it's like, but he's like he's like walking <laughs> while tap dancing. It's Gotta go, guys! <laughs> That's fantastic. What is it? Nineteen thirty-four. Yeah. Well, I have to. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet out uh, the the link to the video. So, do you think this guy has Twitter? Well, no, the the link to the video that was posted, so people can see. No, what we're but talking still, about. Like, do you think yeah. do you think uh, Jesco White has Twitter? Dude, we could probably get his fucking direct phone number and be like, "Hey, bro." Yeah. No, so, not likely. We can get the number of the payphone that's down the street. Tell you, yeah. I want to get his theory on electric cars because he's probably so against them. Against cars? Yeah. Have you ever sniffed a battery? It doesn't get you high. Oh, electric cars. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. He has an official Facebook page. Sick. It's probably just a fan page. Oh, it's official. Yeah. It's official studio. So. And Jesco White has Twitter. Fuck yeah. (gasps) Okay. Followed. Sick. This is way fucking off topic. But yeah. Not really, because mm. it kind of is, but kind of <laughs> not. Vice, Vice is connecting I mean, us. There's a thin thread. So Spike Jones was an executive producer on Heavy Metal in Baghdad. Yes. And he also did some work with the Jackass crew. Yes. Right? So there's a yeah. connection. And then Johnny Knoxville. So sadly. This is like weird six degrees of separation. <laughs> and then Warren Buffett yeah. gave them the money. <laughs> Jesco joined Twitter in October of 2011. 
and he hasn't tweeted since November of 2011. Oh. Uh, so, but there's still something there. What did he he's say? He's probably got TikTok or Reels. I don't know. Oh, maybe. God. Oh, Reels would be good <laughs> for him. You could dance around. What's Reels? His, it's uh, like the Instagram's version of oh, TikTok. Yeah. His, okay. uh, his, second like just la- came out. his second last tweet, he has like 1,300 followers now. It says, <laughs> woo, almost 300. You motherfuckers have a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> this guy's That's awesome. Sick. Jesco White. So, yeah, Tyler mentioned heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, back on metal. topic. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's funny that you guys say that there's, uh, like, it's the 42nd episode. There's something important about that. I forget about all that intro shit, but this is the 20th anniversary of Akrasakota, the band. Fuck yeah. Which heavy metal in Baghdad is all about. Because they, they formed yeah. in 2000. Yeah. Holy shit. And they're yeah. still together. So that's cool. Man, that's rad. Yeah, You're not saying today's playing. the 20th anniversary. No, not no, today. No, just wow. this year. Jesus. Yeah, 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 okay. I was going to say, holy shit, that's a crazy coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I was just keeping that one in my back pocket. Yeah. No, yeah. no just the 20th anniversary of the year, like the year that they formed. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, like, is there any update, uh, I guess, for people who haven't seen the movie, um, basically Vice, uh, Saru Shalvi and Eddie Moretti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, follow this Iraqi uh, heavy metal band, mm-hmm. uh, which there's not too many of. No. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they follow them. I think the doc goes up to 2006. Yeah. 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 Um, follows them uh, through their time in Baghdad, which is basically in the middle of a civil war. Just uh, before and then, yeah, going yeah. into the civil war. And the American occupation. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. That was so, it. yeah, so it's like... During Saddam Hussein and after Saddam mm-hmm. Hussein uh, is taken out, and the whole thing's insane. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, then they uh, travel to Damascus, uh, Syria, yeah. as refugees. Oh, yeah, it was a really interesting um, tie-in that one of the members of the band. I think it was. Um, oh, they've got two similar names: um, Faisal and Fer. Farash, I can't yeah, remember. I can't remember his actual yeah. name. He's the guy with the glasses. Yeah, that's um, right. He yeah. he likened the Saddam regime to uh, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, but they removed Alibaba and they mm. fucking left the Forty Thieves there. Yeah, yeah. there's like a thousand different kinds of militia. Yeah, and they just they don't know what's going on. Nobody's in charge, but everybody's got a gun. So. Right. It's crazy watching this Man. too. I mean, like you said, it's like twenty, like twenty years of their anniversary. But then they're like, oh man, when we get to Syria. It'll be so sick. Yeah, and like, it's gonna change. What have we heard about in the news about Syria in the yeah. last like after yeah, they toppled shame. Gaddafi? It's the exact same thing. So yeah. like, holy fuck. Yeah. They thankfully though we're we're getting right into the shit here, but like thankfully Arizona uh, moved to the states. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they? They yeah, eventually got. They made their yeah. way to uh, New Jersey. I think is where they all yeah uh, lived like that area. First. And then they kind of separated, and then they. Came back. They live in Brooklyn now. Crazy, yeah. So obviously, yeah. I don't know any of the follow up because I I've never watched this, so I, I don't know any of the the follow up information. What which yeah. is cool to to know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah it's, there's a video floating around. I have seen this video prior to this documentary because we I'd never seen this before, and this video is of the lead singer. And they're in the States. They just finished a concert. I think they were actually opening for Metallica. Like they, they yeah, were they brought were. on tour with them. That's crazy. Yeah, they did. And Arisakota's uh, sitting backstage in like one of the utility hallways of this uh, stadium. And James Hetfield, lead singer of Metallica, is walking backstage, like back to his, his yeah. room and his stuff. But he's got his guitar because he's walking off stage. And, uh, or actually maybe, maybe one of his assistants has it anyway, it doesn't matter, but he sees Aristocota sitting on the side of the, this hallway and he stops and he gives them all a big hug and pulls out his guitar that he played the show with just then, signs it and hands it to the, uh, the lead singer there. Crazy. And dude, just like, he looks like he's just met Jesus himself. Yeah. But the cool thing about that video though is obviously it's it's really gotten around so they're they're successful in america which is something else that i think we should talk about but besides that really long ass hair full beards oh yeah like everyone had long just, hair like, I'm everyone so was wearing like we sick ass leather jackets Fuck and yeah uh, they all had big beards so they were super stoked but it means that 
they they've lived in the states long enough and they've made it that right. they have they have that look that they always wanted back in Baghdad. Yeah. So mm-hmm. kind of building on Christian's point there. So for those who haven't seen the movie, um, basically a common thread through the movie is you know they're all upset because not upset but they're all disappointed because they want to grow long beards and mm-hmm. long I think hair. they're definitely pissed about it. Yeah. yeah, long beards and long hair. They know how stupid it is in in Iraq. You can't like you literally, um, the one guy uh, I can't remember his name again. Uh, not Farash. Yeah, Farash. Uh, he said, you know, like I can get in trouble for. He just had a goatee. Like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't anything like crazy. It wasn't long. It was no. Hetfield style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I, I get, I get in trouble for having this goatee. He was wearing a Slipknot shirt. He's yeah. like, I get in trouble for wearing this shirt. On I could just street. get shot yeah. wearing this T-shirt. That's funny too. Like he's idolizing James Hetfield, but like I hate Metallica. I think they're boring and dumb. But that's just the that's my metal privilege because like I I grew up with metal. Like that's the kind of music that I've always loved. Right. So Metallica is just old news now. I don't care. Like they're boring and they've been around forever. So I look for other things and to idolize Metallica seems like you're going backwards. But that's just that's from my perspective yeah but they see it as like this this stepping into the real world but it's all hell and destruction and heavy metal and guns and bullets and shit yeah grenades exploding next to you and your studio getting destroyed your practice space is bombed by some kind of rocket who knows who fired it american or yeah, you're never gonna, you're never gonna know. And like it no. wasn't just a recording no, recording so. studio; it was the guy's business too, right? So he's like, he, they kept saying store, uh, but I don't know if that was just like their because he had a little computer store. Oh, I thought that that was a separate thing. Separate thing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because for us, this little computer that. store was definitely talked about, but I kind of okay. thought that uh, Marwan, the drummer, his like that with the basement. Record practice space was uh, oh his something that he or his had organized or his, something? yeah oh, okay. something like that okay okay I wasn't really too sure on that it wasn't very yeah. clear because they they, they called it a few different things yeah, yeah, yeah they that's right. said store a few times and then yeah. they said practice space and then basement it's uh it's something to see of like musicians around here that are like oh man it sucked like fucking Tyler never shows up to our practices because like he's mm. doing this or doing that. And then, like, that sucks. Yeah. And these guys. The complaint like, system that they have over there is way different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There but was one still point. They're cool um, as fuck. Like, they're, like, just outlook on everything is like, yeah, I mean, we're going to die. So yeah. Fuck it. So let's have fun. You had made that clear to me, like, a while ago, like, years ago, that they, in those kinds of countries, they seem to be always dancing and celebrating. And, like, it's just a good time because yeah, they woke up like yeah <laughs> good morning like that's like that's all you're yeah. really looking for like if you wake up job well done yeah. you can't really dwell on that there's no shit fucking microaggressions in those countries yeah like i got bullets swinging by my fucking head yeah exactly like, wear a dress let's just go get a kebab and dance yeah and, like listen to some music if yeah. you can possibly swing it that's why even in those guys position like that's why it's so crazy for them that they're like there's literally wars going on, and I can't grow my fucking hair. Mm-hmm. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, partially why the war is going on, because yeah. it's just these different really militant, uh, religious-based yeah. factions that they are trying to make the Iraq that they want. Yeah. And there's just, there's so many people who are trying to do just that as well, that you just naturally have enemies. Right. And even if you're not directly an enemy of any of these people, because I don't think the members of Eros Coda give a shit. No, they like, even, they're like, we're not political. Like, we no. don't want to be political. Like, their music isn't political. They're not political. Yeah. They're just trying to hang out. Yeah. So when they were talking with that, he said, we're not political. Like, System of, I didn't realize System of a Down was a political band. Oh, hell yeah. Man. 100%. Yeah. 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 I, guess probably, I guess I don't listen to this. They've probably stuff never done shows in Turkey. No. Yeah. I'm going to guess likely. they didn't. Because yeah. the lead singer is Armenian. Oh, and yeah. Turkey was like, we didn't kill all those Armenians. Yeah. And the rest of the world's like, you definitely did. And they're like, no, we didn't. Yeah, their music and is still almost today. strictly political. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I've never paid... I mean, like, I know the band. I just, I've never paid enough attention to them, I guess. Yeah, yeah like for like a, a strictly political band, they got really popular. Yeah. I think it's because their music was fairly progressive. Mm. But 
Yeah, I'm glad that these these guys have really kept it going. That one show in Damascus, where their their very first show, mm-hmm. the first metal show in Damascus, surprisingly, as uh, Sarush was saying, he's just like, this is the oldest civilized city in the world. It's pretty unlikely that they've not had metal, but I don't think they have. Yeah. So like, Aristocoda playing there was like a huge deal. So I was just looking up the band, and I was like, oh shit, uh, Marwan the. Uh, the uh, the one guy in the band Drummer, uh, isn't yeah. in the band anymore, but they had another guy named Marwan. Uh, he is no yeah. longer in the band. Okay, oh. but Tony, I Aziz, think, yeah, he is not in the band anymore as oh, of 2011. No. Okay. He's off yeah. playing with someone else, or well, I mean, he was an amazing guitarist. Like there, yeah. well, that's what I was yeah, thinking. He could yeah. be like, I could just be a studio guy and just make ridiculous money and walk from my house. To my recording studio. Yeah, yeah like, true. Fuck all you guys. Yeah, they, they uh, talked at length in the, the documentary about how good of a guitarist he was. And like, so it's so just good. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was phenomenal. He was, it is, it's funny though how they mention a little bit of the actual music recording uh, experience. It is, just, it is super different when you have mm-hmm. to record your instrument alone. Sure, yeah. And like yeah, myself, be being a drummer, I've had to record drums alone as the first thing. Like you get into the studio, you set up, you're there for like 15 minutes and then you're on the set and you have to record, but you're alone and you haven't really warmed up. So the At only home? thing, the only feedback you hear is like your like you don't have it's a guitar myself. riff or anything to go off of. No, because yeah, no, no, like no one is recording. Yeah, like yet. you're putting down the foundation. Yeah, everyone has holy shit yet to crazy. record. So like you're all alone and you have to just think of it. But I, I had Landon my guitars wire in to me so that I could hear him play, but not get recorded. It was yeah. just me then, so okay. it was a really natural feel, and that he would yeah. get it. But it was yeah, it was really tricky. Cool. Huh. I don't doubt it. So like for them to get three professionally recorded and mixed songs from never being in a studio in like before two days yeah. never recording never being in a studio that's that's sweet they yeah. definitely they know that music inside and out and they're good friends too because like you couldn't you couldn't do that not being uh like that as your career yeah you'd have a hard time recording those those instruments alone mm-hmm. your first time if you were with strangers imagine the first time they walked into like a, an american studio and just be like, what? oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see a follow up with these guys. That's yeah. cool, and that would be cool. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the you are wrong. <laughs> the student they went to, they said they're Christian brothers, right? Yeah, they, or they they uh, yeah. um, recorded like primarily Christian music, or just like traditional yeah, Syrian traditional music. Syrian. Uh, they were two I Christian they cri- brothers. Oh. Yeah, they're two Christian brothers. Ah, okay, but gotcha. they record traditional Syrian. Syrian music. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, which is very different. Yeah. Of course. I mean, there's a lot less distortion, I think, in traditional Syrian music. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> sick, like, guitar thingy that sounds real cool. <laughs> yeah, well, the and, sitar. And it's yeah. funny, like, the... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's Syrian, though. The program... Yeah, like, the, whatever, it's Middle Eastern enough that it sounds cool. I will just drop a little racist yeah. thing in there. <laughs> <laughs> the recording uh, software that they were using, like, looked like it was, like, Windows 3.1. They probably, probably like, using <laughs> fucking like, Microsoft like 95. 95. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, wait, we got to wait 20 minutes for this computer to boot up. Oh, man. That's yeah, fucking crashed again. I mean, Start unless you're in one of those like huge studios, it's probably going to be oh, like yeah. that. Not maybe now, because that was, what, that was 14 years ago yeah. for them? But yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah, so they were, they were signed to Vice Records up until 2014. Cool. That is one thing that I really wanted to talk about because I saw that Vice Records was a thing. Yeah, and it's actually kind of a cool thing. I don't know how much they really do now, but like they sign guys like Action Bronson. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, and have a, uh, a vinyl that they did. Oh, really? And it says on the back like by Vice. By Vice Records. They did That's Block sweet. Party shit too. It's a band from the UK. Nice. Okay. There was a like time. There was party. a time, man. There was a time when Vice <laughs> was cool as fuck. Yeah. And now but, it kind of just. Like from the moment that they found this band until the end of the documentary, it was mm. like as if they didn't actually know them, but they were signed to Vice Records. So only for three years. I yeah, think. and these guys said that like they wanted to help them out because like Sarush and um, Eddie Eddie were like we profiled these guys and we put these guys in danger because even when they were in Syria, they were getting death threats from like militant Iraqi groups oh, and people in Syria okay. being like, fuck you guys. We're going to come and kill you motherfuckers. Jesus. And then the vice guys were like, well, this probably wouldn't have happened if we didn't profile these guys. So we need to help yeah. them. 
Yeah. And, like, and then like, I think shortly after they made their way to the States. Yeah. Yeah. So they helped them with money and then, yeah, with the record yeah. label. So, and I damn. think this documentary was like one of Vice's first full length documentaries. Cool. All right. Yeah. This was a good length. They yeah. really covered it. Vice Records uh, signed them from 2010 to 2014. So for four years. Wow. Cool. And from 2014 to present, they've been with an independent label. Mm. I thought I read somewhere that back in 2002 they were signed. That maybe that was just an affiliation with that first concert held in Baghdad, maybe. or the last yeah, also. So, yeah, just that they. Yeah. yeah. So it's your labels, Vice like Records, a, 2010 to 2014. Yeah, maybe it wasn't an actual uh, signing back then in 2002, but yeah, just to get to know them or whatever. Yeah, they had some sort of affiliation. They funded their concert. But that would be funny if they like they bought them were on the XLR cables. They're on their record label, but then they're like, you guys actually are kind of shit. Mm, yeah, like, we feel oh, obligated man. to help you because... Yeah, this is charity. This isn't skill. <laughs> We're not talent like, scouting. Th this is the only children's music group in Iraq. <laughs> We're like, uh, you guys are entertaining children Fuck. and there's a fucking war going on. So kind of that kind of reminds me of something. Not that it's very, very similar, but um, like Finland has a huge... Uh, like love for heavy metal. Yeah, so and, much so that they like burn fucking churches down. Well, well, like a lot of their kids' shows are heavy metal based. Yeah, like there's one. It's like it's like a Barney esque uh, show. It's like people in dinosaur costumes, and literally like every show is they just play doom metal. Yeah, it's like yes. Guar. They're just like Guar yeah. is the international. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, what's the Swedish national anthem? Is it heavy metal? Because that'd be yeah. sick. It's definitely uh, a doom metal riff. Finland, like even like their kids shows. Like I was at my uh, my best friend's yesterday, and he has a uh, daughter that's just over a year old, and playing a show called Little Baby Bum. So it's like all these like nursery rhyme songs. Okay, and I'm just like, and I was thinking because I was Are thinking they finish or why are they watching Finnish TV? No, it's not. It's not Finnish. Oh, like, okay. It's this. This is like a, a the North, a North American. Uh, okay, or, I get it. Okay, I was U confused there for a second. UK. Uh, if it's originated. a weird, weird okay. kid show, it's probably UK because they got some weird ones. Yeah, this one just sings nursery rhymes, but it's, it's probably, all animated. Yeah. But anyways, I was thinking about this doc and I was thinking about heavy metal in general, and I'm like, fuck! If this was from Finland, like this, would, instead of being like these nursery rhyme songs, it would just be heavy metal. <laughs> it was like, imagine like a one year old kid just like rocking with the heavy metal. <laughs> like while while learning or trying to go to sleep, and it's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, and like so, for these guys to be the first kind of well, first in Iraq, yeah, first man. time a heavy metal band was recorded in Dude. in Damascus. How mm -hmm. crazy like, would it be if like Iraq gets back to a position where these guys could go and play like an arena there or like yeah. play a concert there? They would be legends. Oh, fuck yeah! Even they'd be like, I don't know if we know like. We can do this. Like, this, this means actually save. <laughs> this like, means yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that, that brings me to thinking, like, you know, you see pictures from uh, um, like Iran in like the sixties. Oh, dude, it was bumping. Yeah. And you like, can put a side by side of New York City, and you're yeah. like, I don't know, that's the same place, yeah, right? Super progressive, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody was like, oppressed or anything like that, and then all of a sudden it changed, right? So you know you hope to see it go back to something like that and then yeah. these guys can go because throughout the whole doc yeah, they it's always talked about how much they love Baghdad yeah and you know, they when grew up there so they probably yeah. they, they weren't like oh, my childhood fucking sucked yeah. like Saddam was an asshole when they were in Syria they just kept saying about how they wanted to go back but it was so yeah, dangerous he misses all the Farish misses all the bombs yeah right? and yeah. how crazy of a, a thought is that it's, uh, yeah um, because they got I, to Syria and then it's like well, like, we could die just as easy here, but, like, I don't want to fucking die here. Like, I'd rather yeah. die on my home soil. Yeah, the death feels much less honorable because you're not on your own soil. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if I place. die because of an explosion while I'm in my home in Baghdad, yeah. at least I was there occupying. But if I'm gone somewhere and then I die out there in the middle of the earth somewhere else, yeah, yeah. so it just feels much more tragic. These guys are only... A few years, uh, in one case, I think the oldest guy was born in 81, um, so like th three or four years older than me. Um, 
So this was being filmed in like 2003, 2004. I was just finishing high school. Mm-hmm. There's a spot in there where uh, Farish was saying like, you know, if it's my time to go, I'm I'm ready to die. Yeah. I couldn't fucking imagine having and that. And he had uh, a wife and kid yeah. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't fucking imagine have, having that kind of like mindset. It was like, hey, you know what? And to be that calm about yeah, it. Yeah. You've grown up in so much dis- despair and, and shit that you're just like, yeah, yeah you know what? If... Uh, if a bomb takes me out today, so be it. Uh, the only thing I'm afraid of is I didn't do too much. Like, <laughs> you ever had a bad day and then it just kind of seems to get worse and then because it's a bad day, everything else just gets bad. Yeah. And then at, eventually at some point in the day, you tip over a, like a cup of pencils on your desk and you're like, fuck it, whatever, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll pick them up later. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit anymore. This day just got that much worse and like it's sad that that's my idea of a bad day but right i have compulsions that don't matter to this but these guys have that also every day but it's like their friend's car exploded (laughs) or like the the, hotel down the street is on fire a guy was like yeah man like the first time you see a dead body like it's pretty crazy yeah but then then you see four more by friday and you're like fine whatever. whatever Yeah. I can't do anything about person? it. Uh, so, no, I don't. Uh, okay. Yeah. Somehow it's a personal problem and you can't do shit about it. Yeah. It's funny too. Who do you complain to? Because like Farish said, like who who cares? Yeah. No one cares. It's a personal problem. Yeah. But you can't solve it yourself either. Yeah. You're somehow burdened with this massive issue that you you know that you can't solve. Well, and the one thing that got them the most, uh, like kind of the only time you see emotion out of them, like... Uh, you know, you see them get happy, you know, and like when they're playing their uh, um, their show, like the mm-hmm. last show they play in Baghdad, uh, where the power went out a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only time you see them get like emotional is when they finished up in Damascus and they asked if they could see the the footage from what they've already shot. Yeah. So they showed it and then they're go- showing like they have this uh, practice space in like the basement of a like a shopping center kind of place. It gets bombed. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets bombed and they lose their practice space. All their instruments were, were blown up in it. Um, and then like, that's when like the only time you see them get like down emotionally. The one guy, it was the first time that he's seen the footage. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean like in their words, like it was fucking tragic. Yeah. Yeah. But which is crazy when you live like in a, essentially what's a war zone. Yeah. Um, and you see so much death and despair, but like huh. it's you know you loved your music so much that it's your your practice space getting blown up that that really kind of hits a nerve with you. Yeah, like that that's just a, an insane mindset that you know obviously I don't think any of us understand. No, any of us no. can can truly uh, feel or or experience yeah. what yeah. what they were feeling. Like, I think the closest point. thing we could ever come to would be like a house fire. Yeah. But imagine then if your house did catch fire and all of your shit was gone and you knew who did it. Yeah. Like there's people out there that you can blame. It's not just an you, accident you can't that change your, it. No. your house burned down and like you know that someone did this to you. Yeah. yeah. Not you specifically, but like you as a people. Right. That because you live here, they're attacking. Sure. And that's that's like the last, that's the end of the reasoning. Yeah. That like you're here if you want to live you should go but I'm gonna bomb this place because you're there yeah and yeah. I I can't even imagine but like I set your fucking house on fire because you live on King Street or like because you live where you do and that's that's like a whole another level of losing your stuff yeah because <laughs> yeah, how did like, none of these guys just like I'm not playing music anymore I picked up a rifle yeah. I'm killing well, everybody, everybody too, and that's what yeah. Farouche says uh, said you know like I look at this video of our practice space being blown up every day to keep me angry. Yeah. It, it keeps me angry. I, he goes, I want that anger. I like I need it. Yeah, yeah. like I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, and like that's yeah. that's a really subtle way to perceive your own sense of violence yeah because that's that's a violence that's almost divine like you you have a person to blame but you kind of don't at the same time like you can blame like the united states or you can blame iraqi militias Mm -hmm. or 
regime changes, anything, or even just the citizens of Iraq, because yeah. they're kind of doing this to themselves. They're, they choose to fight each other, but they're obviously instigated by sure. American forces uh, mm-hmm. just simply being there. They agitate the situation. But to, to have those kinds of feelings, I mean, that's... That's unimaginable. Well, and I think other guys in the band said, like, if we didn't have this music, it, we'd be bad people. We'd be out there hurting people. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. they just they don't know what to do yeah. about it, but they're yeah. still angry. Yeah. And they don't know how to fix it. So they just, they spontaneously become violent because it's just, it's just feelings. It's like... Well, a, I mean, and when you live in it... Your cup every overfloweth. Day. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you want to do something. You don't want to just sit back and be like, "Oh, like this sucks." Be like, "Yeah, this does suck, doesn't it? Let's go clean up." Yeah, like let's go pick up a shovel or, or a gun. Yeah, and like do some work. But that's so that that's a really gross transition to talking about the fact that they live in the states now. That I can't say because I'm just not that kind of smart uh, and I just simply don't know whether or not Iraq would be in the place that it is if the states hadn't have interfered in some way. I think fucking clearly it wouldn't be. It would look likely the same as it did back in 1998, just before all this garbage started. So, for Arasakota to find themselves living in the states as refugees is really disturbing and he uh not he um uh Faiso, i can't remember the lead singer's yeah. uh name maybe it was even i think it was actually marwan actually now that i think about it when they were in damascus in the in their new basement apartments he was recounting when they were watching the uh the tape of themselves so far and he just had nothing really else to say except for like you fuckers did this to us like mm-hmm. this is a regular day in iraq yeah. And it never used to be. Fuck you, pigs. And then he moves to Brooklyn. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like, good for you, because you're not in a dangerous place anymore. Yeah. Well, not the same kind of danger. But you kind of are being sheltered under the wings of the demon that ousted you and that has burned down your country. And now you're paying taxes to it. That's just kind of fucked up. I right. know they're safe and I know they have opportunity and it's just a different life and they're making money and they're meeting James Hetfield of fucking Metallica and it's that's awesome. But it's all kind of happening under this grand illusion of safety and yeah. uh, saviorship. That yeah, that is kind they're of- the ones who are murdering your family, but they'll also house you and they'll say that they're protecting you. Uh, it's just kind of fucked up. But the people then likely that are in the community that these guys live in really don't totally accept them. The metal fans absolutely do because it's this new, tragic, heavy metal story. Like yeah. there's nothing heavier in metal that I can yeah. think of except for like maybe the band Mayhem because there's a bunch of murder suicides there and some jewelry made and album covers. That was badass, but different kind of metal, different kind of heavy, but these guys probably are not really accepted in the States either. Not the same kind of way. Like when they're on stage, fucking A. But when they're off stage and they're just getting like a donair, they're going down to Max Milk for some smokes, I bet you they still receive a different kind of sure. hatred and persecution because they look different. They look pretty American though. So they just oh, they totally brushing do, up, brush that accent up and be like, hey, well, fellers. That's, that's a good point. Like, you guys are in. Yeah. yeah, they speak great English. Yeah. 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 Like the one guy with the goatee, if he put on like a mastered the Southern accent, for, yeah, for he'd be fine. Looks as I'm I'm going to center Christian here. I said, I bet you Christian could pass as more Iraqi than, yeah? uh, than Farouche. Like, yeah. He just, he looks I, like. I get that. Yeah, he looks like, you know, yeah. someone. You could be like an with... Iraqi cook or something. You just who was that hey. uh, country artist that you guys said I look like? Can't what? remember. You sent me a picture. Ah, uh, he's some kind of country oh, no, singer. Young Garth Brooks. Oh, Garth yeah. Brooks. Uh, yeah. yeah, young Garth. Yeah. Garth Brooks looks Iraqi. I guess now, and now that I know no. what real Iraqis look like. <laughs> you just said. I was surprised too. I know it's what a little bit racist. Ara- to say, what do but... real Iraqis look like? Exactly. Like I, I definitely had this propagandistic concept in my mind of that most Iraqis, like most like born and bred Iraqis, are 
uh, like darker skinned and they would probably not have that kind of uh, complexion like that sure. like Farish kind of had some acne going on and he had some fairly western teeth <laughs> I would say um, but yeah, I got- guess I've never been to Iraq and I've never really met someone from like a grand like group of people from Iraq right so uh, I definitely had a conception in my mind and it was not met. Thankfully, though, I mean, I'm I'm glad to have learned something. I would hate sure. to just be right because that's grosser. <laughs> I'm glad that I was wrong. God damn it! I knew they looked weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like ah, fuck me. Well, and the, <laughs> I'm a terrible person. And just documentaries in general. That's the nice thing about documentaries, right? Like you watch something and you're like, oh fuck, okay, yeah, I learned I learned something here. Yeah, and like um, you don't watch Star Trek and be like, oh, so there's green people. Cool. Although. Wait, what? Yeah, no, I thought that was a dog. Are, but, <laughs> I thought Star Trek was a dog. Shut up. Um, the architecture in Iraq and in Damascus is insane. Like, just yeah. the shots that they're shooting shit in Iraq. It was like, just the buildings are like, the way that the windows are shaped. Mm-hmm. It was just like, fuck, man, everything looks so cool here. And we're just throwing fucking yeah. bombs at shit. And like, well, oh, that's cool. And everything's so old there right like yeah man there's a lot of of history that's just being fucking blown up yeah the west was freaking out during the second world war when they were bombing european cities which were arguably pretty old but then like this is where civilization fucking started and we're like fuck bomb it who cares man the oldest written story ever uh, the epic of gilgamesh was written in iraq it used to be called uruk yeah so like the main city of that story was the main city of iraq speaking of gilgamesh that was the title of uh uh, the band's uh 2015 studio album that's That's so sick that's so dope oh man because they definitely have a fucking story to tell too about yeah learning about life because that's all gilgamesh is really i think it's just a story of a man coming to terms with life on earth yeah yeah but yeah, fucking this uh, this talk opened my eyes to a ton of stuff, and, and like to talk about their music on a a little bit more of a detailed level, it definitely has elements of uh, an an anxious group of people. Um, their early stuff was fairly generic. I think it sounded like really Western, like Southern yeah. sludge rock. Mm-hmm. It was fairly basic stuff, but then. I listen to a lot of their stuff off of Gilgamesh and it it's much more refined and a little bit more sophisticated, but it still has this element of like a wild animal out in the bush, like in it's being hunted all the time. Like it has its moments of relaxation and respite and food and water, but there's always this sense of needing to look over your shoulder and their music is very sporadic and it's uh, it's got a lot of cuts to it and short time signatures and right. real bursty uh, kind of um, moments where they, uh, they just seem to have these fervent uh, sections in their music where it becomes really chaotic and really heavy metal mm. and then it just kind of calms back down a little bit but it it doesn't lose that bouncy, like two four antsy kind of classic right. punk metal. It mm-hmm. still has that element of an energy behind it, even though it's it's a little more chill. Interesting. But their music sounds like it was made in a war zone because it's it's just got such antsy emotion. Like yeah. it's it's a deer on its on its bouncy legs. Like when a dog gets the zoomies, yeah. <laughs> you just like go go. Like you just you're so in your own head, and it just yeah. you can't totally relaxed their music's got a lot of a lot of choppiness to it yeah and, and admittedly like i've i've never been a huge heavy metal fan yeah um, same but you know like i love listening like it, it's stories i i love stories mm-hmm. and i love uh seeing something kind of like evolve and uh yeah and the story play out um so you know even though i'm not a, a huge fan of the music you know i can completely 100% appreciate what these guys have gone through. Yeah. I can't relate, yeah. obviously. I don't think any of us I, can. Yeah, <laughs> but I can appreciate, like, Hey, man, crazy. I got suspended in grade six, so I <laughs> understand where these guys are coming six, from. Six, so you've dealt with authority. The struggle's yeah. real, bro. Bombs have yeah. dropped. The struggle on. is real. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, even though it's a it's a heavy metal, uh, and, you know, like, and, again, I, I know you called, uh, I don't know, I can't remember what you called, uh, Metallica, I bland or boring or 
Yeah, pick one. I mean, all of the above. But, you know, I, I know. That's how we're going to lose American yeah. listeners. You can talk all this shit about America, but then I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck say, did fuck you, you just say? About I can't him. say. About I, you know, I, I, think, I think you could bash Metallica pretty good and still. Hold. Yeah, you can. They kind of lost a lot of cred after the whole Napster after thing. thing yeah. And people are like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're just greedy. Fuck you, Lars. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just, you know, seeing this play out and seeing. You know how these guys evolved, and you know where they came from, where they've gone. Yeah. Um, so, the only thing I wish the doc went more into, like, kind of, it gave like little updates, like it said at the end, just before the credits, that you know they had to sell their instruments in Syria to yeah. to pay mm-hmm. for rent. Um, they introduced, uh, I, I want to call him a character, but it's a real person, Mikey. obviously. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, like they, I tried to look up Mike. Yeah, but they they give no. I feel like of, Mike could have been a GQ model. Yeah, they give no update on on where he went. Yeah. in the story, and he became kind of a not a central part, but kind of a little bit of an integral part at the end. Yeah, yeah. Hel- helping them as a translator yeah. and finding the recording studio and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He just hung out. It seemed like they hung out with them, and then he just disappears. Yeah, like, he was the group training translator. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would have been neat. That's funny you should say that because when we were watching it, I was like searched like yeah, Mike he, from like, Heavy Metal in Baghdad, and then there was nothing. He has a pretty heavy part in the in the movie too, yeah, where man. he takes him to uh, a cemetery, which is basically full of Iraqi uh, refugees. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like two blocks away from the uh, bus station that they all come into. Yeah. yeah, so he said like, you know, they come in, they live their life here in Syria, and then when they die. They basically get put right back to where they came in. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking chiasmic. Yeah, so uh, that's why I wish there had been a little bit more of a an update on on his story and yeah, you know, what definitely. happened to him on Mikey. And, and you know, maybe he did nothing. Maybe he just lives in Syria still. And yeah, maybe a quiet life is like. <laughs> yeah, I'd like what they all he's still alive. He's doing what he's yeah. doing, and, and that's we'll just it. Assume he's still showing people around the city yeah yeah it's funny how you say that the metal maybe isn't quite your thing but the story is oh, for, sure. for sure but i i really like to do that when i read books is yeah. to i was reading don quixote earlier this year and uh when i was shopping for groceries like just randomly one day i came across cheese that uh i, uh, I can't oh it's called rosinante uh, it's the name of Don Quixote's horse. Anyways, it was made in Spain, and Rocinante is only from Don Quixote because the name is really stupid. Nobody would use that name in any other case. It just means before horse. Anyways, it's um, it was pretty good cheese, but I bought it so that when I was reading Don Quixote and they stopped for food, I could have some cheese so that I can just understand more about the stories right when they say like oh they stopped down for some for some cheese and bread and then they had a nap in the grass i can eat some of the cheese i'd be like fuck that's you have a nap it's like <laughs> no oh man that's like sick maybe what it tasted like so it just it brings you a little bit closer to the story than sure. instead of having to really live it because you're only reading a book but it's super cool to have a doc like this because if we were to watch one about uh, Chef Gordon Ramsay. Uh, they can't really eat his food. Like, yeah. If he's just like, oh, like these scrambled mm. eggs, like in the morning, this is how I make my scrambled eggs. And like food's a really big part of my personal life too. It's not just my job. And like, we can't sit down here and eat scrambled eggs like Ramsay. We can make them, but they're still not quite the same thing. Sure. I know that the cheese also wasn't the same thing and the wine and bread and whatnot, but with Erosakota and this particular documentary, when we watch them on screen, we hear music mm-hmm. by them, and that's what the doc is about because they're musicians. So this right. is a super unique one because it, it tells us a story, but it also includes, with no filter or distance, the direct content of the doc. It's yeah. got yeah, the like people on their screen. media. It's, yeah, it's like their they production. Did the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Like if this was a doc about podcasters, we would hopefully hear audio with maybe a still image or like maybe some video of their recording session. And that's a direct representation of what they're talking about. And when we hear the music, it just brings us a level closer with no filter mm-hmm. of what it would be like to listen to their music at least sure which is what they're doing and uh and Sarush is is very involved like you see eddie for a little bit 
but he's mostly behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sarush is in front of the camera quite a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, definitely. So that makes yeah, that makes this one like definitely a class three or four documentary where yeah. the documentarians even fund the uh, the content or the topic. Yeah, their subjects. And yeah. and basically, he's he's a character in the the film too because That's true, yeah. mm-hmm. you know it talks about their struggles getting into Iraq, yeah. uh, their struggles in Iraq. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about yeah, that. that yeah, some yeah. of this documentary, like kind of a lot of this documentary was about filming it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was really difficult. Sure, yeah. yeah. Like at one point they talk about like they hire a security force and, <laughs> yeah. you know, they start off yeah. with like, I think there was two shooters. Uh, yeah, two shooters, two drivers. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then, you know, they want to go to all these places and they're like, no, this isn't safe. So they... Very danger. Yeah, they... The security team isn't happy, so they buy them lunch, and then they start getting happy, and then they're like, "Okay, well, like their job is to keep us safe, so they give them twelve shooters now." Yeah, I mean, like that's exactly what we were talking about yeah. earlier. We're like, "You guys are really mad because you could have gotten shot today. Here's some food." Yeah, and it makes it all better. Yeah, it's like they just want some they're grub. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah, thanks. And that's also like they're not like yeah. professional shooters. They yeah. are like this guy's a postman. Yeah, that's true. This guy. Uh, it's a actually teacher. his first I, day holding a gun. Yeah, I said the one was a primary teacher, yeah. the other one was an engineer. Like, so what yeah. happens when, like, trained militia of four guys come up and just kill all you guys? What happens then? Well, that's what they said. Like, they train them to use the guns, but these people don't tell their family what they're doing. Yeah. They they get up, they get ready for work, and they leave for work in the morning and say, see you later. I'll, I'll be back after work. Which, like, in a war zone, you're not yeah. like, oh, my kids aren't going to come to the shop because they can't leave the house. And so... so Mitch's wife thinks that he's going to be a teacher and Christian's wife thinks he's going to be an engineer, but really they're going cool. to pick up their AK 47s, yeah, put our fucking bulletproof vest on. They're like, Hey, we might kill someone today. Yeah, like, oh, that's be, crazy. Be yeah. a security force for journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine coming home. You're all covered in blood and your shirt's torn. They're like, what the fuck happened? Oh, we, we dissected a frog today in school. <laughs> God, <laughs> Those kids were crazy. A bag of milk blew up. <laughs> a bag of milk blew up. <laughs> they don't drink milk over there. <laughs> what are you talking about? How would it be red? <laughs> oh, I see. Hippo milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's terrible. I tried to milk a hippo and he killed everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that happened more, last that week, makes, didn't yeah. it? We need to stop with these hippos, guys. Stop touching those wild animals, man. How crazy, though. Like, imagine leaving the house, like, your family thinks you're going to teach a bunch of primary school kids, but you're going around with an AK-47 yeah. all day, uh, being a security guard. If you have any kind of ethic within you, you definitely look at yourself as being the most unfortunate, <laughs> but <laughs> honorable person in the yeah. world. Like, to not tell anyone, I totally understand, but then to keep doing it, like to do it once because you needed to like, we would see it as like, you need to help your buddy move. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to work hard for a day and I might be sweaty and I might hurt myself a little, but uh, he needs help. So I'll do it. I'll mm-hmm. step up. But then you do this every fucking day. And it's the only job really they can get too. Well, so they get paid for this, but that's the only way they can make money. They say. Yeah. But like, they still only get like maybe 200 bucks a month. Like if that. I think they make more security detail didn't say how much they made so Saroosh says that they pay them $1,500 a day and that was for two shooters two um, drivers a translator uh, translator. so then they would obviously pay more and the truck and an extra vehicle 12 yeah so yeah so these guys yeah yeah, they're probably making maybe 100 bucks a day yeah yeah 100 bucks a day sounds about right but they could die but yeah and like this isn't really their job yeah yeah but they can't work their normal else. job either, right? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> the school blew up last week, so. Yeah, war sucks. <laughs> I guess I'm picking up a gun. Yeah. I, yeah, I never actually thought about that. So now when we hear stories about refugees coming to Canada or anywhere else, really, and they're like, these are like gun-toting rebels, like they're all terrorists. Why do you want to oppress them, bro? First of all, second of all, like you have no idea how difficult it was yeah, for these people. shut the yeah. fuck Some up. Some of these guys were teachers and engineers yeah. and bus drivers and it's like taxi drivers. Like it just... It could be anybody because it always is anybody, yeah. but their job could have exploded. Like yeah. I could have owned like Hakeem Optical yeah. and it could have exploded. It's got nothing to do with the war, but now I don't have a job. Yeah. And the only, like there's a, a big new market, but it's personal security detail. That's so why those people that have put like a jacket on. On the day, back, like, on the Christ. back of their trucks, like fit in or fuck off or like, <laughs> oh my God, that we're was in awful. Canada. We do yeah. this. It was just like, dude, 
talk to one of those people and I guarantee you, you'll probably want to put a gun to your head yeah. to be like, wait, Hopefully. you had to do that? And wait, you were yeah. eight when you saw your whole family die? So yeah. the funniest part of uh, Christian's whole kind of analogy there is when he said Hakeem Optical. For anyone that's outside of Canada listening to this, they just think Christian made up some like Arab sounding business. Oh, I didn't know Hakeem was Canadian. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh no. So that's like just the eye. Yeah, Hakeem Optical is a lens crafter. Yeah, lens crafters. Yeah, it's a Canadian optical. It's lens crafter. Yeah, he just picked some Arab yeah, sounding. Go to fucking, right. I didn't even think about that. Hakeem Optical. You son of a bitch. I just I remember being in Ottawa for a music thing one time, and I was I had to go past or kind of half through a Hakeem optical and it, it was yeah. in an old concrete building and it just it looks like Syrian Iraqi architecture yeah you're digging like, a deep ah, hole you're digging Hakeem, a hole <laughs> Hakeem like, optical we there. used to have an Hakeem Hakeem optical here yeah uh, I don't think we have it anymore who is a Hakeem can we find <laughs> out who that is yeah. have you guys ever met Hakeem <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as he said that, I was like uh, for anyone not around here, they, they just, like, he just the fuck up did with, he just say? Came up with just some random Arab-sounding business. No, that was Canadian. That was Someone's Canadian like, reference. damn, that's a good business idea. It'd be a sweet eyeglass company. Ah, oh, fuck, it's, it's registered. Name. Yeah. yeah. I like Hakeem Optical. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, it's cool to see uh, this band kind of flirt. No, I guess they didn't really flourish in, in Iraq, but, you know, through so many obstacles, just keep... Doing whatever they fucking love to do, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, at all costs, right? Like, yeah, you know, that's metal. Yeah, they, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And, Nobody and, likes metal except for yeah. metalheads. And imagine having um, a, a concert with uh, bombs exploding in the background. How fucking metal is that? Fuck. Like, yeah. Oh my god, that's a good point too. Do you know? Um, I mean, that doc, uh, metal headbangers history, or like mm -hmm. that whole series of things. Yeah. Do you know if that guy ever talks to these guys? I don't know. Yeah. No, I have seen it, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, same. I know he goes to Europe, but like, I don't, it would be neat if he, because yeah, like this doc that Metal Headbangers History mm. just profiles metal music and it's like prominently European and North American dudes that are like, I'm fucking metal. Like my dad hit me every other day and I wear this leather jacket and I'm fucking metal as shit. And like some European dudes that are like, yeah, we burn down churches because like, fuck that shit. And then this band would be like, here's our story. And yeah, they'd be like, we, ah. We we did concerts with bombs yeah. exploding all yeah. around us. Like, then the guy who's like gets beat by his dad's like, I grew up in a subdivision. Yeah. Mid show, there was yeah. mortar fire. I had like, power oh all my life. Not, not that Kid Rock is anywhere near metal. Don't talk shit about Kid Rock, bro. <laughs> but no, do it. I, I literally, I think it was this morning I saw her or yesterday. Um, you know, Kid Rock has the persona that he grew up in like the slums of Detroit. Yeah. No, he grew up in a five thousand square foot house. On like eight, on a huge acreage, like his parents were loaded. Like mm -hmm. he's a rich kid. Yeah. Damn, you don't act like that if you're from the slums. Yeah. Like you're way more humble. Yeah. No, you act like that if you're a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. So like he grew up on like in this huge mansion. I thought he was a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought he was a cowboy. In this huge mansion. So like again, like these people saying they're metal. No, like these guys from Iraq are really fucking yeah, metal. Fucking, you live metal. Like, what's that mean? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Put your guitar down. We're uh -oh. cutting all your fingers off. Yeah. It's funny that... You don't get uh, to do this. Like, saying their name again reminds me. Like, these guys are metal. They've got a metal-sounding name. Uh, like, bands like Sepultura and, like, Demir, Borgir. It's just... Yeah. Um, but I had a really hard time remembering the name of this band. And they actually talk about it when uh, they're reviewing the footage back in Baghdad. When, uh, when they're in Syria, footage of Baghdad, they're talking about the band name. He's like, fuck, man, I don't... Eris Dakota, like, fucking Latin. Like, nobody knows what that <laughs> shit means. Yeah, I'm like, so yeah. Eris Dakota, they say in the doc, means Black Scorpion. Yeah, like yeah. the deadliest. Which, which sounds fucking metal to me. Oh, yeah, it's like the deadliest 100%. scorpion. Yeah. yeah, and all the, um, like, Iraqi, Kuwaiti deserts. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's super it, Being metal. Latin, nobody... Nobody knows what it means. Yeah, and like it's kind of a long name too. And it would be cool if they were way more popular somehow. Like their music was just profoundly unique or different. Yeah. But it just somehow doesn't quite have that consumerist um, aspect to it where like the average person is going to know it. Like when you say Metallica, why do you know that band? Because it's an easy name to remember. And they did something so boring when nobody else was doing that that they became famous. 
Well, Wolfie, you were ripping on Metallica so hard. <laughs> Holy fuck. We'll, we'll try and promote the shit out of them. We'll, we'll, we'll be the reason. It's just funny because I think like you could make the argument that like Black Sabbath and Metallica just made every version of heavy metal ever. So those two are like such pillars. And Christian's just like, fuck them. Garbage. <laughs> <Like, laughs> Um, it's uh, it was something. It's not. It was something. I have no idea how I was going to say that, but it is. It's interesting talking about how Iran and Iraq used to be before these uh, like regime changes. I think it's called the Arab Spring or something. Mm-hmm. In like uh, no, that was like the whole Twitter thing. That was the that was something uh, else. Yeah, that was like oh. taking down Gaddafi. Oh, that was okay. kind of that a was good like thing. The internet protest thing. Right? Yeah. So when. When that regime changed happened a long time ago, and uh, Iran became much more conservative as well as Iraq. Yeah, um, that means that if that happened in like mid late seventies, even like the early eighties, yeah, or even late eighties, doesn't matter as long as it was after basically nineteen seventy four. They had the Beatles, Black yeah. Sabbath, Led yeah, Zeppelin, man. Frank Zappa, like all these guys could have existed. Yeah, dude, in Iraq and Iran. Yeah, and like Lebanon and Jordan and all these different places yeah. in Syria, but. Then it just kind of died. So yeah. there, there was definitely some people in Iraq who, who listened to this kind of music ahead of time, and then it just stopped. Yeah, but they then probably got shot. There's the code <laughs> came out. And that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it would have been cool if that was a crazy catch. Water almost went everywhere. It would have been neat too if they, in the documentary, if they talk to them about like all right when was the first time you heard a metallica song or like how old were you so or like they where said they, they said they grew up with uh with metallica and heavy metal yeah, yeah so then it's crazy that like saddam is running shit but like you can still get metallica stuff well I mean, one of the guys i think it was uh Farage, was drinking pepsi like that's pretty weird they were also in a hotel but that was after still. the regime change but yeah no still but like oh yeah that's the pepsi right had to have been there somehow like the yeah. pepsi was there before and after mm. and they said that it was getting progressively worse the longer it was going on like the longer that uh there was no leader and uh-huh. even with saddam's regime it was getting more oppressive yeah man as the years go by so his like, sons were getting older and crazier and crazier yeah metallica it definitely existed but maybe it just slowly died uh, down they said, i was just wondering how they got their info well, like, they said they, they listened to the bootlegs yeah so oh, okay okay like, okay it's so, like there's a yeah, record yeah, store yeah, selling yeah, yeah. Uh, Metallica. See, they, that would be right. a cool doc yeah. on its own because there's a really cool doc um, in Soviet era Russia where people would get American dubbed shit yeah. and then like copy it but have like, yo, this is Western music or this is a Western TV show. Right. And they were doing it all crazy illegally. Yeah. So that would be like, there was obviously dudes in Iraq doing that shit. Yeah. Fucking pirate radio. It would be yeah. uh, great Fuck. to see that doc about um, everybody loves Raymond making its way to Russia. Oh dude, it's so good. I yeah. Do we have that, that in the list? It, it, it's in the list oh, for sure. So Sounds funny. So Why can't we just beat women? <laughs> you have argument with wife, you just beat her. Like, no dude, you can't do that. Why not? Speaking of the list, we'll, uh, <laughs> it's funny. we'll yeah. dig our hand in here and pick out one for next week. Yeah, like, Write a com- comedic scene. What if I beat wife and kill child? This is such a good How one. is that funny? How are we going to follow this? Oh, we we got to watch this. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Stalin. Okay. Bum, 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 uh, bum, So this bum, is, again, bum, one of the bum, yellow word ones. Ah, uh, fuck. Pick a different one. Or we'll look see. it up. It's Pick called The War on Democracy. Oh, man, fuck uh, that shit. Fuck, it has kind of a legitimate title. I, I can definitely see a regular doc being titled that. Although that's yeah, pretty but, provocative. Uh, what the fuck? Are going to figure out that democracy, democracy sucks? <laughs> yeah. Don't we already all know that? It is a 2007 documentary about war. Man. George that Bash. A, I think this one's, this one's uh, legit. Award-winning okay. journalist John Pilger. Exams the United States' role in Latin American politics. Oh, sick. Hell yeah. yeah. Fuck so, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Banana Republic, son. So I Woo-woo. think this is going to be good. And not the clothing store. <laughs> right. If anybody listening right now thought that that was a joke about the clothing store, <laughs> you might as well just turn us off. Yeah. You ain't going to so like I, this next one. I think we stay with this one because yeah. this one seems legit. The war on Cocaine and bananas, yeah. son. Award-winning journalist John Pilgrim. Pilger. Pilger. Yeah. He's not a pilgrim. Come on. Pilgrim. That's offensive. <laughs> offensive to... P-I-L-G-E-R. Happy Cinco de Mayo, pilgrims. <laughs> so we will be uh, <laughs> back uh, next week with uh, some more on democracy.
Yeah, kick and, ass. Yeah, so we go from heavy metal in a failed state to... Uh, <laughs> hey, look at This was just America fucking up the Middle East. Now it's America fucking up Latin America. Oh my God. So, Latin so, America. Speaking of Latin America, I, I've been watching the Netflix doc, um, Immigration Nation. Oh, I heard about it. For sure. yeah. cool, cool, cool. See you guys uh, next week. Later. <laughs>